Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada the Engineer, with me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. We're here uh, in inside the Flying Toasters. We're here broadcasting live from downtown Manhattan in the secret Ada Food headquarters, uh, where we design many of the beautiful electronics that you know and love. But for the next hour, we're going to be going through all the news, videos, products, Yes. Demos and more. We had a lot of top secret tonight because we've been yeah. holding them in. Yeah, we had. Yeah, that's how it goes now. We were working on a lot of hardware, so it bunches up. All right, so let's kick it. What's on tonight's show, Mr. On tonight's show, the code is RP Think Inc. Tempers off and need to first all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time or when I remember to turn the code off. Use it or lose it. Anything in stock. 10% off in the Adafruit store. We'll talk about our live shows, including So and Tell, which uh, we just did. Thank you, Liz and Aaron, for hosting that. A little bit of recap of Desk of Lady Ada, including the great search. We'll play JP's product pick of the week. Time travel, got a little uh, cool thing from an Adafruit team member that I'm going to post up in, um, on our blog and on, on video. Some advanced manufacturing, made in New York City, factory footage, 3D printing, Ion MPI, brought to you by Adafruit and DigiKey. Top secret, that's the big chunky one. Uh, we're going to do some new products. We're going to answer your questions. We're going to do all that and more. Don't forget, we answer the questions on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord or discord.gg slash Adafruit. That is what we call Ask an Engineer wow. show this week. Kick and it. we'll um, we'll talk about what these toasters are and more, but this is... Uh, a live feed coming off a microcontroller right now, this second. This second, right now. Yeah. Hey, prove it. Can I just press the button? Press the button. Press it. Away, press it. Oh. No signal. There it is. Oh, look. If oh, you the... hold it down. What will happen if I hold it, it down? Just, it'll say no signal for a while. It won't oh, yeah? Yeah. So we'll talk about See, this. Turn, like, you reset, bam. Instant. Yeah. We'll talk instant about this in a bit, but I think um, it's a big deal because you can do stuff like this with a microcontroller. So cool. And uh, we'll talk about the show and tell in just a minute, but this is neat. 2023, we're able to do a lot of cool stuff that seemed impossible just a few months ago. We are back on our bullshit. That's right. Okay. Um, so the code is RPT Hink Kink. RP Think Inc. Erpus Ink Ink. Yeah. Rumpel still skin. Um, RP Think Inc. Uh, you get free stuff. Maybe. Me, me. Me, what do we get? Oh, yeah. Well, it's not that micro bit. We're done with the micro bit. Yeah, but it's a cool video. It's on the truck. Yeah. We, I gotta, we, we I gotta, got a gotta pack in stock. They're back. The freebies that people love. Um, $99 or more, you get a free promo proto half size breadboard PCB to make your project permanent. Yeah. And then $149 or more, you get a pink KB2040. It's our RP2040 dev board with STEM QT, castellated pads. USB Type-C, it's Pro Micro Pinout compatible, so it's a great update to many projects. Um, UPS Ground, free shipping when you order $1.99 or more. And uh, not a micro bit, Circuit Playground Express, we got more in stock. The chip shortage is slowly ending. Um, our favorite microcontroller board is free when you order $2.99 or more. It's got a SAMD21, two buttons. Uh, piezo, lots of capacitive touchpads, NeoPixels, and more. Yeah, for the chip shortage, it's the um, beginning of the end, not the end of the beginning. <laughs> I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, we do live shows, and uh, this week Liz and Aaron hosted it. Thank you so much. On the uh, show and tell, you know, I'm not supposed to have favorites. However, 
Um, I'm just going to go over some of the things that so wasn't cute. shown until. So please watch it. It's on our um, <laughs> wherever you watch our videos. So we had the Feather RP 2040 um, DVI show off yeah. demo from Phil B, who uh, worked on a lot of this. Cool. Um, Scott showed some of the DVI work that it's he's working on with Circuit Python. That means you can do things like go online with it, display text. Really neat. Um, Mark shit some GIF work, so you can just kind of pump out the animated GIFs to display. Uh, a portal gun. Kevin was live from an event showing this like really cool DigiKey tank. Oh. Uh, Taba showed the thing that we wanted to build. Like it's amazing. It's a video synth, like triangles and everything. And um, Todd just mentioned this in the chat, but I think it's worth mentioning too. Is one of the neat things about doing video stuff on a microcontroller like this. It's instant. You just don't wait. Like you turn it on and on. Yeah. Like. I think we've all waited forever just watching well, things. We, we bought a bunch of video synths and they're all really cool. They're fun. They use Raspberry Pis and so like you're waiting yeah. like a minute for it to boot and you're like, is it working? And, and, and most of the time, you know, you're you're tweaking stuff and it doesn't until you're like, oh, and you just have to wait like, you know, a couple minutes each time. I really like the idea of like yeah. fast iterations with with video. And then, um, you know, keeping with the the tank theme, uh, DJ Demon off a really neat uh, tank bot is building to explore the underground sewer system in his <laughs> Florida home because the houses are built on concrete and if you get a plumber they want to charge you a lot so why not build your own uh sewer bot so I thought that was kind of cool okay. um so we do show until every single week 7 30 p.m eastern time we also do a show called Desk of Lady Ada and we do it in two parts this week part one what did you show okay for um this lady Ada, I showed off the Think Ink Feather uh which is of course this week's new product I also showed off um a bunch of uh, uh sorry i showed off uh u2if which is a way to wait was this this week or last week's maybe this was this week's uh u2if which lets you program um and control feather boards through usb and so i was actually showing uh es um the thinking feather running off of c python i also showed off a new design which is a um uh prop maker feather wing this is dan's idea so it has an accelerometer and um servo and uh i2s output and neopixel driver so good for props then we do a segment called the great church where you help people find the things they need on digikey.com and then this week you did what usb oh i remember okay so i was doing USB-C and power delivery USB-C, and um for the board and we have it in the um it's not out yet top secret section i needed a regulator that would give me 3.3 volts even if I had 20 volt power coming out of the microcontroller. So, uh, sorry, out of the uh, um, USB-C port, because USB-C power delivery can go from five volts up to 20, um, but the chip still needs three volts regulated output. So um, searching for LDOs is like a classic, um, you know, 5% of the time, that's what you're doing on DigiKey. And I go through a lot of the settings and uh, we found a lot of good options. All right. Then uh, on Tuesdays, we have JP's Product Pick of the Week. Here's this week's highlight. This is it. This is the Product Pick of the Week this week. It is the Itsy Bitsy NRF52840 bolted to the side here. I'm just running a ground and one input pin to the switch contacts there. When I am listening to music on my phone and then I suddenly need to pay attention to something. This is programmed to act as a consumer control over Bluetooth LE to the phone.
right? So you're rocking out to your tunes and then someone needs your attention, something needs your attention. Boom, hit the big button. That just sent Bluetooth radio wavules across the ether into the phone. Watch the play button there. It's playing. Pausing. It's the Itsy Bitsy NRF52840. And on Thursday, JP's workshop and Friday, deep dive with Tim. All right, time travel. I got one little news item. I'm going to try to do this more and more and more. So a lot of folks at Adafruit are artists, they're musicians, they're um, writers. And so I'm always saying like, hey, if you have a book or something, I'll put it up on the blog. Um, a lot of times people ask, like, oh, what are the people at Adafruit, what music they listen to? I'm sure they're, like, cool, cool yeah, weirdos. Cool weirdos. Yeah, and so this one is from Olivia, and uh, she has a couple books coming out. And um, one is called Black Mask, a novel. Black Mask. What? Like, Black Mask, sorry. Um, a novel. And the other one, and uh, let me go to the... Um, Lockdown bl- Laureate. Yeah, I like Lockdown Laureate. So it's a bunch of stories about um, doing stuff over the lockdown. So let me go to that. So I put all this on the, the site, um, on our blog, so you can see Backmask and Lockdown Laureate. And uh, if you want to read about these, one is more of a, well, they're science fiction-y, um, but if you want to support an independent author, um, I'm going to buy a copy and uh, just read one of the things that one of our folks make. Um, one of our team members in the album, probably familiar with some of the music, so this is a book, and it's on our website, so cool. check it out. Yeah. All right, next up, Lady Ada, let's do some Python on hardware. All right, this week in Python on hardware land, um, kind of a big deal, I guess, depending on what you think a big deal is uh, in the world of electronics. So Sony, they they were making the Raspberry Pis in the UK. And they still do. They still do. And they make some in Japan. Yeah. yeah. And so this announcement is Sony backs Raspberry Pi with funding and access to AI chips. So basically, the way I'm reading this is um, Sony's investing in Raspberry Pi at the valuation of $500 million. That's what Raspberry Pi, the, not the foundation. This is the commercial the trading company. company. Trading company. And what it looks like they're doing is saying, hey, like we're going to you know, make Raspberry Pis. But we want to make sure there's AI chips on the edge. So a lot of the uses for Raspberry Pi is for commercial uses. Yeah. So and people want to use Edge AI for voice recognition or face recognition without connecting to the internet or without needing internet control. So so many people use um, Raspberry Pis for digital signage or like entry computers or yeah. you know whatever. Um, a lot of products use them. So it will be interesting to see. Um, Sony investing is really smart because, of course, if they're manufacturing, they want to see Raspberry Pi succeed, but they also have deep insight into the Raspberry Pi um, manufacturing and distribution. And uh, like I said, they manufacture in uh, Wales. They, uh, I think they manufacture in Japan as well. Yeah, um, and one little bit that um, I thought that's interesting. It says, in a typical year, roughly 70% of the sales now come from commercial customers embedding it in products and factories or consumer devices. Yeah. So Raspberry Pi, the commercial company, 70% going to industry. Yeah. Um, and you know, there is a, uh, shortage of Raspberry Pis. Yeah. Uh, we're, I think we're one of the few companies that's figured out a solution that, um, you're not going to please everybody all the time, but you can please some of the people some of the time. And we're getting, you can look on like RPI, 
locator on Twitter. Yeah. People are getting Raspberry Pis from us. Absolutely. Um, you can always, you know, find people who are buying them, put them on eBay for like two hundred dollars, but we're not, we're not interested in it. But they, they are becoming more available, and of course, yeah. the compute modules are very popular with the industry. I mean, that's they clearly they designed it for an industry customers. Yeah, and so CNBC has. Um, overview article they dig into a little bit more of the finances and like what this could mean the specific uh chip and uh what they're doing with education and more so check it out um it's interesting as far as like what's going on in the electronics world in general so uh raspberry pi an amount of funding so before they got funding on a valuation of 500 million so you figure like 45 million or something it's probably this round is probably the same too so yeah yeah so maybe maybe let's be like really conservative like let's say it's like 60 million dollars all together all the funding yeah so it gives them a good runway to beef up production hire more people do a lot more stuff um arduino last late last year 30 something million in funding um and then they have a pro line and that looks like the direction they're going they're going to the enterprise also, commercial what commercial. yeah also like that seems to be their focus as well um and then you have Particle, um, I think they haven't been in the news for funding recently. I don't know if they're yeah. going for it right now. And then there's like other maker maker s companies from the past that that took on funding. There was Little Bits, um, that's now part of Sphero, and then there was MakerBot, and then eventually went to to Stratasys. So I don't have time to do like a big maker business overview or like all these players. Well, um, somebody else can do it. Someone else should do it. Um, it's one of those things where like I think when you're doing the business of hardware, it's really hard to write about it. Plus, I'll say this, like back in the day, or even now, anytime, so I have the article about um, Arduino like over 10 years ago yeah. on Make. Now, anytime if I write about Arduino, you know, some crank will say, oh, you're just, you're writing about it because you're, you know, you want to take over their business or like, there's just nutty people online. And so you can't, it's hard to write about things if you're in the same business. So I always put our disclosures and everything that we do, but it's an interesting time. There's more investment going into hardware. Um, good example was today with these RP2040 chips, we're doing video out. Like this is like really intense stuff yeah, that, cool. that you can do. So yay, uh, I'm happy to see Raspberry Pi get a new round of funding because the RP2040 has been something that's really helped us quite a bit, yeah. um, especially during the chip shortage. And uh, hopefully they dump more resources into stuff like this. Yeah. Really, really like that. Um, more Python on hardware. Um, so the other thing, PyCon is coming up next week. Um, check out our extensive post. Katni will be there. Jeff Miller will be there. Please go say hi and meet with them. Also, if you're attending, let Katni know ahead of time on the Discord channel, and they can get you set up um, for if you want to do the sprints and things like that. So that is this week's Python hardware news. Um, don't forget, you can get this newsletter every single week delivered to your mailbox from Adafruit Daily. Go to adafruitdaily.com. Sign up. Okay, uh, let's do some open source hardware uh, stuff, Lady Ada. We're an open source hardware company because uh, that's what we like to do. And we have a bunch of guides. Yes. Thousands. Let's check out the guides. Okay. So Phil B uh, updated the Pico Arduino DVI library. Oh, can you click on it so we can? Yeah, we, click on it. it. You can click on it now. So go to examples. I'm clicky. And uh, screensavers. Yeah. So the new thing is um, screensaver demos. So we've got. Lovely. 
Online. Yeah, you're online, but it's it's just it's the good. Okay, um, so we've got a logo bounce, and this is the DVI. Yeah. And this is actually 640 by 480 because it's actually writing um, pixels at the time of uh, TV host. Um, flying toasters, which you saw, you know, sprite based uh, toaster animation, and um, aquarium, another classic after dark one, which is uh, a lot of people's favorites, and then um, TV host, which does. Um, drawing like uh the the person is a sprite but the background is actually drawn live um so it actually does the math and, and that's it. why and you can have it like do something different forever but the the person graphics yeah is what uh you know is the, yeah. you you have as a sprite and thanks really cool. and thanks to jp for um dressing up because i don't have a tie yeah lamar was gonna do it and we're like oh you know like to do it right we have to do a tie and everything yeah. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Someone can make so in the chat. They're like, "Can I get a start a Starfield?" Code it up. You can do it. Absolutely. You can do There's, it. There's uh, tutorials and everything. Um, okay. So let's go back to the guides. Um, okay. Uh, Blinka CircuitPython library. Oh, yeah. Can you, yeah. So CircuitPython right. libraries. Uh, Dan updated that and with some text. The ADT seventy four ten breakout has been revised. It's now StemIQT compatible. Um, and. Uh, don't remember what happened with the Raspberry Pi camera time lapse. And then uh, Katni wrapped up the Feather RP2040 with RFM69. The Feather RP2040 uh, RFM9X is coming next. Uh, and then Liz did um, a guide on uh, using the CircuitPython Wii Classic controller. She wrote a library and is a tutorial on how to use it. All right. Um, and then just a little side note, because we, we looked at this today. Mm -hmm. I thought this was, I didn't, you know, I'm not doing a whole segment on the show. But the Washington posted an article about where Google is uh, scraping data to make their large language models and AI and all this stuff. And I thought it was yeah. interesting because the number one site was Washington Post. Well, you know, maybe. Yeah. Um, but number 15 was Instructables. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting to us because Instructables, well, you know, we, 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 have, well, we have history with them too. Um, you know, we've done stuff. You were it's kind of where you started putting your how tos yeah. and guides on online mm -hmm. when we started Adafruit. Um, I won a lot of contests. You won a lot of contests back when. And they told me I can't. You win. can't. You're you're a pro. Then they made me a judge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can't beat them, judge them. Um, so, what's neat about that is it means there's a how to site because some of the times when we see the large language models and what they what it's like make me some code that runs on a microcontroller. It's all our code. We're totally fine with that. Um, because it's like Adafruit, it has the variable names, it's Adafruit all over the place. You could probably just cut and paste the code. It's probably faster than going through a ChatGPT-like uh, thing. Um, but it's interesting to see where it's getting this information from. So, of course, like right away, like I'm like, let me try Adafruit, let me try SparkFun, let me try some some other things. So there's a little prompt that you can put in the website. Uh, Hackaday was like 300. And that's interesting to me. I started that site a long time ago. It's and, a lot of content. On it, and it goes back like 15, original... it goes back over 15 years. Yeah. And so there's a lot of technical content there. And that's why some of the times I'm like, well, wow, this is actually pretty good. How did it do that? How did it predict the next word? Because it's essentially what it does, peanut butter and jelly. So it knows the jelly. And that's just a very, very basic example. And I think a Google CEO was did the same example. And he was like, that works. But um check out what what's in there because you know obviously they're scraping learn and obviously they're 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 finding a lot of resources we're okay with that i have some opinions about the best way to do it and how they could source that and say where they're getting it from um but it's kind of interesting 
that's where we're at now. Um, this will all be solved in lawsuits later. Um, but for now, uh, check out some of the, uh, see if you can find, if you put something on Instructables, use, ask some of these large what language models. What was really popular? It was um, doggy wheelchairs, how to make your own. Yeah. That was a very popular. Yeah, and then there's some projects that are like a little on the line of legality. Like maybe maybe it'll say, well, I can't show you how to do that. So I, I thought that was interesting. So that was the news for that. Um, okay, sorry, Fred. So the time lapse case that was for some that I thought it was a time lapse. That's this, this week's three D hangouts. Yeah, I totally yeah. had a brain blip. We're gonna we're gonna play the yeah. We're gonna play the video. Yeah. Okay, let's do some factory footage. the factory footage um one thing uh george just mentioned this and i have to because we just had a very similar conversation george just says the ai stuff reminds me of the music samplings of the 90s so two life crew got an incredible amount of trouble for all sorts of things but a lot of it was music sampling at the time and i was just talking to lady eight about two life crew i don't know if you ever heard of them before but they were like they're just like they're just like breaking every rule possible and they were in court all the time but it does remind me of that when music sampling first hit the scene it's like is this okay all of music is music sampling so we'll figure out like what happens next um anyway see that's see i knew i knew it was going to come up somehow good <laughs> good work there all right anyways. you know the two life crew uh Two, two Live Crew is mentioned in Act 1. They, their music must be played by Act 3. That's right. Um, let's uh, do 3D printing, and uh, we'll see you on the other side of those videos. You can build a time-lapse rig with the new camera module from Raspberry Pi. We were able to capture this stunning time-lapse with dynamic exposure thanks to the new Pi Camera's HDR mode. 3D print our SnapFit case to house a Raspberry Pi 4, Pi Ramoni's 4-inch hyperpixel display, and the new camera module V3. The new module features autofocus, a 12-megapixel sensor, and an HDR mode offering excellent image quality. High dynamic range means you can capture perfect exposures in your time-lapse videos. Whether you're looking to capture blooming plants or fluffy clouds, you don't have to worry about blown out or underexposed images. Get the parts and accessories to build this project. Links are in the description. Download the free files and 3D print the parts to build the case in your favorite filaments. Start by installing the camera's ribbon cable through the slit in the front cover. Short standoffs, secure the camera to the front while the Pi is secured to the back with machine screws. The hyperpixel display fits onto the Pi's header and the enclosure goes over the whole assembly and snap fits onto the front cover. This mounting bracket holds a quarter 20 tripod screw and gets secured to the side of the case with additional screws. A separate cover snap fits over the camera module's PCB to keep it protected. 
This tilt ball head makes a nice addition to a mini tripod and allows you to position the camera in different angles. We hope this inspires you to check out the new camera module from Raspberry Pi for making your own time-lapse rig. go off to INPI, don't forget the code is thinking 10% off the 81st all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Lydia, let's do some INPI. Okay, this week is Beaglebone. Beagleboard. Yeah, but Beagle it's... Beaglebone is the product. I know, but it's... Yeah, that's how I know it. You call it Beagleboard. I call, I call it Beaglebone sometimes, too. But yeah. Beagleboard.org is the group. Yeah. And this is the... They design uh, single board computers, and they have a new one. It's like if people remember the Beagleboard uh, original and the Beaglebone, uh, they have a new one called the Beagle Play. Single so Play. It's pretty cool. Uh, so this is the Beagle Play. It is chock full. Uh, this has like everything in it. Is it is a uh, ultimate uh, all possible connections available. New York's hottest Dev club board. is Beagle, Beagle board. board. Yeah, it's it's there. It's all there. This is the uh, this is the back of the board. Um, so this is a base. It features a ton of um, chips from TI. The main core is I'm trying to remember. It's eight. The Citara um, AM six. 254 it's a quad core uh a53 chipset uh it's also got a cortex uh m4 in it and it's got like tons of add-ons so you might be familiar from this of this board again their their previously most popular board was the beagle bone which had actually a couple spin-offs there was like the beagle bone green and the beagle bone ai but the beagle bone you know it was a predecessor to the raspberry pi the raspberry pi came afterwards um and this board was really neat because it was a single board computer it had uh, Ethernet, it had DC power in, USB, and a lot of GPIO. And it was very inexpensive. It was about 60 bucks, which is, um, you know, at the time was was pretty amazing considering that, you know, PC-104 boards easily started adding up and could be a couple hundred bucks a piece. So all here because of the Chumbi. We really are all here because of the Chumbi and the Beagle. If you like the Raspberry Pi, single board computing, 
go bunny thanks for bringing this into the world for makers um, for makers yeah, yeah. it was it was like every we all saw it we're like oh wow this is yes, awesome. cool and i remember beagle bone came out and was like this is awesome it's very cool and we we yeah. heard it and the thing is is that uh and there's also um you know the, the beagle board xm this is actually the original one and this was cool but i think i think we remember like why this was not as popular i think it was just really hard to it had more hard work connected you see there's like two audio um but it, i think it was tougher to connect to the gpio i think the gpio wasn't easily exposed or was it going to point two or a two millimeter pitch header or something um but this was like the original and then you know this is that's available and then the, the beagle bone is still available as well uh and this has um we have support for it and a lot of people have support for it so the beagle play is um this is like when you're new. going to when you're on a website and you're ordering something like a pizza and you're just like, you know what? I'm just gonna put everything on it. Okay, you want broccoli, you yeah. want yeah. ham, you yeah. want pineapple. Yeah. Okay. I want Rockstar meatball. I want pineapple. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot. Um actually, you know what? Let's go to the next image first. And then we'll go back because yeah. this one is actually a little easier to talk about. Okay, so the main core there is the AM sixty six two five four. Like I mentioned, it's an A fifty three Cortex. Quad core, I think it runs at 1.3 gigahertz. There's also a Cortex M4 subprocessor in there. Um, it comes with, there's on-chip SRAM, but then there's an additional two gigabyte of DDR4 memory and 16 gigabyte of EMMC. So that's where the um, file system and operating system live. Um, there's a real-time clock, the BQ32002. On the other side, you'll see the battery holder for it, which I think is really useful. It's like a lot of times people have an add-on to um, their uh, Raspberry Pi where they add a real-time clock, but this is like all built in and ready to go, even with the coin cell battery backup, so you can pull power and it will know the time even if the internet doesn't connect. Uh, there's the TPS652191 PMIC. That's just the power management because there's a lot of rails on this board. Um, the wireless and connectivity is really interesting. So they, they I don't want to say they went overboard, but they kind of went a little bit overboard in a good way. So they've got gigabit ethernet with the RTL 82100, uh, sorry, 8211F. And they have a separate uh, single pair ethernet. That's the RJ11 on the other side. And that's with the DP83 um chipset those aren't like the controllers i think those were only like the fives i think you know the ethernet support is of course built into the the soc itself for um wireless they've got the um they've got wl82 sorry wl1807 that's a dual band so 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz wi-fi yeah um two separate antennas the antennas come with the board and they have a separate cc uh 1352 p7 and that provides BLE and sub gigahertz. Sub gigahertz in this case is um, Zigbee or Thread and other 2.4 gigahertz. Uh, sorry, yeah, 2.4 gigahertz, I think 900 megahertz. It doesn't have LoRa support, by the way, because I looked and I was like, okay, it doesn't do LoRa, but it does do like basic packet radio. Um, so there's also two antenna ports for that as well. So let's go back one. So it's the main chips. So there's like 15 weeks. There's all the fixings. There's all the fixings. So um, starting at the top left, we'll go clockwise. So there's the real-time clock battery. So I showed you the real-time clock on the other side. You'll need a um, CR1220 to pop it in there to get battery backup. There's user LEDs. Um, they blink when you power it on and all that good stuff. Um, there's a JTAG connector. And this uses that like quick JTAG link or something. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like... It has little press fits and you and you plug it in. So you want to JTAG connect to the AM6254. Uh, 
you can do that. Um, the microbus, so this is uh, for Microelectronica, and they have like a, like a thousand different breakout boards for like every single SPI, I squared C or UART or ADC board, and you can just plug them right in. So there's a socket um, ready to go, and there's like the little outlines showing the three different sizes. Um, there's OLDI, which I was trying to research a little bit, and I didn't get very far, but I believe it's like LVDS compatible. There's CSI2, so that connector there is the camera connector, and it's pin compatible with the Pi Zero camera connector. So if you want to use it with Raspberry Pi cameras, just get the Pi Zero to camera connector. Then there's Grove expansion, um, and that gives you, you know, uh, UART or um, I2C, or there is like an analog output groves. I don't think that there's an ADC on here, and I couldn't I couldn't find that there's an ADC on the chip itself. So I think it might not support the analog input groves. It only does like your I2C and GPIO. There's a quick expansion. So this will work with all of our STEM IQT boards as well. So that's a ready-to-go I2C, and um, they have a tutorial I'm actually using. This is like the one thing they had a really good tutorial on. There's a user button that you can use. There's a separate microSD storage. Uh, that's not the main operating system storage, although you can boot from microSD card um, if you want to configure it. Why not? You could, but you could use the onboard storage, the EMMC, which is going to be nice and fast, and then the microSD for you know data logging or whatever, and that's you can mount and unmount it. Uh, there's a reset button. Again, there's that JTAG connector. Oh, sorry, there's a separate JTAG connector for the um, TC1352. That's the wireless connectivity. A power button, you hold that down to turn on the power and connectivity LEDs for like all the different connections. And then the single pair Ethernet, which I found interesting because I've never really seen a single board computer that had a uh, single pair Ethernet. And um, on one hand, it's pretty cool. Could be that a lot of robotics and automation are moving towards single pair Ethernet. We covered it in a previous INPI. Um, if so, then you can, you know, maybe get power and data over one cable, and that could be really good for robotics and stuff because it's a nice small board with four mounting holes yeah this could be robotics board home automation board yeah it could it could be both yeah it's also got gigabit ethernet and hdmi out 1080p um hdmi yeah. from the built-in it's and the beagle bone had a separate chip that did it this is actually like natively on the on the uh am uh 6254 core USB A 2.0 host. So, you know, there's only one USB port. So if you're used to Raspberry Pi or like that, had four ports, that's because they had a hub built in. Um, you can just attach an external hub um, if you need. There's a UART debug header. So, you know, ground ARCs and TX and USB-C. Um, I'll be honest, I actually didn't use the USB connectivity, um, but it probably, if you plug into a computer, like shows up as um, a gadget device. Um, it's also used for power. So I just plugged it into my, you know, USB-C um power plug and it worked fine okay so that was a lot so let's get into some of the parts so the main core is um the am 62.5 series it comes in one two four core this is the four core version um max frequency 1.4 gigahertz 64 bit uh has linux support so um you can check out there's a bunch of hardware um support here it's got can gpio SPI, I2C, um, rotary encoder, et cetera, et cetera. Tons of... Tons of gray boxes. Tons, tons of gray boxes. Um, there is a tutorial on using I2C for Stemma and Quick. I believe that it, it might only have I2C support um, via Grove, but 
Um, a lot of things are I squared C, so you'll you'll be good for that. And then what we're going to do is, like, I just got this. We're going to get Blinko working on it so you can use all of our um, yeah. CircuitPython library drivers. Which is great timing because, you know, um, for the folks who are like, well, I need a single board computer and, you know, whatever. I'm just going to get something now instantly because I can't wait for Raspberry Pis. Well, it's not even just it, that. I mean, like, to be honest, it's like under 100 bucks. It is actually cheaper to get this than to get a Raspberry Pi, add the EMMC, add the real-time clock. Yeah, you can't get all these things separately. Single pair. And if you use Blinka, which we're going to have, if you've done Python the thing, then it works everywhere. So that's kind of the reason we did it, because we're like, well, maybe one day um, people are going to be using all these single-board computers, and yeah. we don't want to rewrite the drivers every single time. Yeah, so it's there's a lot of stuff. And what's nice is, so the only thing is there's no GPIO, right? The GPIO, if you know there are any, are on the micro bus. Um, not a ton. So that's the only trade-off. You can't like plug in existing hats or bonnets, but it kind of has everything built in already. For I, I think for a lot of situations where people are using Raspberry Pi, but they don't need GPIO, they just don't need to connect like accessory boards. Um, this is a no solder solution. Yeah. And it's uh, I like that. I actually kind of like that they went a different direction. They're like, we're not going to try to make a Raspberry Pi killer. Yeah, well, that's kind of a waste of time. I, I feel like there's this like, what's the Raspberry Pi killer? It's, you know, banana pie, orange pie. Like, this is something different. Yes. And, unique, so and I, I like that. like that they went in a different direction. That's right. Okay, that's this week's item MPI. Right, it's available it now. In stock. 662 in stock. Yeah. Hi, Okay, later before we go off to new product land, the code is RP Think Inc. It'll all make sense in a few moments. Let's yeah. uh, kick it off with some new products. All right. New, 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 All right. Well, last week we didn't have these in stock, I think. So a little reminder. Coaster. Coaster is with the Adafruit logo. Very rare because we don't put anything, we don't really put our logo on anything other than PCBs, so this is our way around that. Yes, and um, they come with bumpers, which are yeah. not shown yeah. in this video, but they have little Peace. bumpers Peace. to protect. Peace. Super oh. cheap. Oh, coffee table. Yeah, okay, pick them up. up. Next up, we've got a uh, panel mount for the Raspberry Pi 3 cameras. Um, these have a slightly bigger like camera body, and so uh, I think we already carried the camera V2 version of these. Um, I think these are from Pi Hut, um, but they're inexpensive. They're easy, and they basically give you like a big plate in order to mount your uh, Raspberry Pi three camera. Not this is not, obviously not the big uh, lens cameras. This is like the noir or plain um, autofocus cameras. Uh, next up, we've got an update to the uh, ADI wing. This was done in a partnership with DigiKey. Um, we had to do a couple revisions for stuff, so we're like, let's go in and revise it. So the original version. Uh, you can see here did not have a stomach UT port, but now it does. So uh, you can uh, all the parts are in this basically same location, but now you've got stomach UT connection. Um, so you can add more sensors, or you know you probably could connect directly to this, but you wouldn't get access to the interrupt pins and stuff. We've also got an update for the Metro ESP32S2 Express. Uh, first off, we put a TeamUSB logo on there because we wanted to celebrate uh, the work that TAC has done with TeamUSB. Yeah. And second, also, it's a cool logo, by the way. See, cool logo. see the I is a little USB drive. It's cool. It's fine. Um, 
And thanks to Bruce for designing it. Uh, the boot button moved. The boot button originally oh, can go like yeah. here. Yeah, because I'll show the difference. So the boot button what you was in the middle, and now it's in the top right on the edge, so it's easy to get to. So you can actually uh, load into the bootloader without uh, pulling a shield off. Um, it's got the stomach UT still. It's got the ESP32 S2, four megabytes of flash, two megabytes of RAM. It's uh, got the um, JTAG connection, even though, to be honest, a lot of people use JTAG, but if you wanted to, it's SWD is there. Um, USB-C with uh, fuse. DC power with on-off switch, uh, regulator, and LiPo battery and charger. Because we figured it's the ESP32-S2 is Wi-Fi. You'll probably want to take it, um, make it portable, even though it's not super ultra low power. Um, we also changed the battery monitor. It used to be a resistor divider. It now is a Max 17048. So it works a lot better because the ADC on the ESP32 is not linear, and it uses a lot less power. All right, more revisions. Uh, another revision, this is the original, uh, sorry, go back. So that this is the solar uh, DC charger that was, that is our original. We have two of these. Um, and this one is the first one we designed and it features the MCP73871. Uh, and the original version had a mini USB connector. We were going to do a revision on this. Uh, we had to change the DC jack anyways. And so, hey, why not do the silk screen over? And now it is a USB type C connector instead of a mini b connector Product number 390 this is deep cut. this is early yeah this is very early but yeah. it didn't work i will say we have you know what i consider uh, that's the og a better solar charger but this one is still um there is some benefits to this over the other one and they're and they're both very good so for people who need the old version i'm going to keep it around okay all right and then uh these we were just getting to uh, putting these in the store last week, and uh, we wanted to spend more time on it since it was a, a pretty long show. So we want to dedicate a segment to this. These are the new uh, floppy disk costumes for SD cards. Yes, and this is by Charlotte. So these are so cute. So this is you take a standard SD card and you put these stickers on it, and then they look like little floppy disks. Yeah, all day long. We're all like, hey, retro, fun, and everything. But we're not able to make our SD cards look like the way they should. That's so right. now, now they do. Now you can, and this is okay for the SD card. Yeah, you can write on them. Yeah, you can write on them. Yeah, and you can put these out, and then you can, you can tell the youngins this is how we used to save things. Yes. So you this get a pack. You get a pack of eight, and two of each color: blue, pink, yellow, and. And start an independent maker for all these ideas and cool stuff that um, that's coming on. Very cute. Very all cute. right, the star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our team. Our customers, our community, and everybody who makes things go is the Think Ink. Yay, the Think Ink Feather, which was originally the Think Ink Trinky, but people didn't know that. Uh, how would they know that? Because I didn't, uh, didn't tell anybody. Um, but decided to turn this into one of our Feather Bones boards. So um, this is an RP2040 Feather. And on the end there, it's got a standard 24-pin EPD connector. And I'll talk about that. It's got USB-C. It's got a battery. It's got... RP2040, we said boot button, battery charging, eight megabytes of flash, 264K of RAM, uh, stomach QT port, uh, lovely silk screen uh, with Penguin, um, and then all the GPIO uh, you can shake a stick at. And um, the way the Bones board work is, you know, it has all the standard uh, pinout for um, GPIO on the Feather. And then we usually have like about five, six pins left over. And so what I've turned that into is um, I've connected them, you see on the right there, there's um, a power supply, 
and manager for a 24 pin EPD. So let's go to the overhead and I'll show the EPDs. So um, the ink displays um, almost all have the same connector on them. It's a, thankfully kind of a standard. They're these 24 pin connectors. And like this is a, a 2.13 inch, and this is a 2.9 inch, and this is a 5.65 inch uh, seven color version, which I think is neat. It takes a while. We can see it's like it's got gray and orange and yellow. Um, and they all have the same connector. And so, um, you know, you can easily pop out and replace a different uh, e-paper display and then you'll have to change the code for it but all the um, boost circuitry that you need you need all these components to make it run um, are pre-connected for you and the rp2040 is a really great chip to run e-ink displays because they need a lot of ram and uh, they need a lot of ram because you have to draw the entire display at once that's why we call it thinking think it's more than just an e-ink display it's, that goes into this it's, it's a bunch. bunch it's a thinking yeah um but you know you still get all of the feather pins besides and so you can connect your ink display we have also extension cables for this connector and then um you can plug feather wings on top if you like so if you want to connect um you know can bus you can pop on a can bus feather if you want to um add on sorry i'm just looking at all the thick ink uh, all the other feathers that we've got if you want to add uh, joystick or TFT or Ethernet or Wi-Fi. Also, you can do that by just plugging in a feather. But for a lot of purposes, if you just need to have a um, board that runs any standard e-ink display um, and you don't want to do any soldering, uh, this is plug and play ready to go. All right. That is this week's new products. Yay. Okay, don't forget the code is RP Think Inc. We're going to do questions. You can pop them in the chat um, while we do a very long top secret segment. So yes. buckle up. Um, don't tell anybody because this is a top secret. Um, but we'll see you on the other side. We're going to play some videos and then we're going to show some of the um, renderings from some of the, the new things that are coming out. So here we data what is this this is an IntelliKeys assistive device um, which has a matrix of uh, touch switches behind it and then these swappable um, overlays and each overlay is like a little bit different you see this one has like mouse and keyboard pretty keyboard and this has like a bigger kind of alphanumeric keyboard and it uses a um, photo cell to determine which overlay you have installed um, and this is a really useful device but unfortunately it's no longer supported and the driver downloads firmware over USB from the computer, like a Windows computer. And so um, if you're not running like Windows, and I, you know, maybe it runs on Windows 10, um, but other devices like, you know, Chromebooks or tablets with mobile can't use this because they don't have that driver firmware to download um, into this device. But what we can do is use uh, one of our USB host feathers. And what this does is HID translation. So um, this chip, enumerates the IntelliKeys through the USB connection, downloads the firmware, and then asks it what overlay it's got and tacked an amazing job reverse engineering um, the original driver. And then to connect it to something like uh, an iPad, you would connect uh, using what's called like a camera kit. And here I've got like the notes app up. 
um, and then you just give it a second because it needs to download that firmware. It'll beep when it's ready. And then you can um, type on this and it shows up just like keyboard input. So, hello. Um, I space, oops, I space am space. It's tough to type on a Tele key. Just... <laughs> All right. All right. Good enough. Good work. Working. Early data was this. This is me testing out the Feather RP2040 um, with e paper support. It's the Think Ink board. Uh, so this Feather RP2040. It's great because it's got 264K of RAM, which you need because you have to buffer e-ink displays. And it's got a standard 24-pin connector. Um, pretty much every display uh, for e-ink that's not like a e-reader display, like these standard static ones, color, you know, monochrome, uh, tricolor, etc., they all have the same pinout on this 24-pin connector, uh, which makes this feather really great for making all sorts of e-ink projects. So let me line this up. And run the test, and we're using a Pico to program the RP2040 through mass storage. Um, this works really fast, and then when it passes, it lets you know by beeping and also changing the e display. So coming soon to the Adafruit shop. Early data, what is this? Hey, this is an Adafruit RP2040 Feather with DVI, and it's driving this monitor to make some flying toasters. Phil B updated our guide on Pico DVI to add a couple fun screensavers. So that's one. And then let's load up. We've got a couple others here. We've got Aquarium. So I basically said, hey, here's my two favorite after dark um, screensavers. Hold on, it's loading up. And then give it a second. It's like thinking, thinking. And then Aquarium. I love this cool. because it was just like fish. <laughs> and it was uh, pretty chill and peaceful. There's also um, a very cool Max Headroom demo um, starring uh, JP. TV host. Uh, but you can customize it with your own graphics as well. So check out the RP2040 DVI Feather. You can drive monitors really easily in Arduino in the Adafruit shop. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? This is me testing out Scott's latest CircuitPython build with DVI output support. Look, this is on a monitor uh, connected, an HDMI monitor connected to the DVI output, and it's running CircuitPython. So I can uh, run codes. For example, I've got this cool port of Turtle, which is, you know, like the logo um, yeah. for circuit python cool. and then there's also let me run the uh serpinski triangle demo that one worked really well too so i'll copy and paste so you can now do graphics really easily um so if you like circuit python mm -hmm. using display io but to an hdmi monitor it's pretty cool i love triangles <laughs> Okay, and we got some samples of yeah. things in and some uh, coming soon's. So look yeah. at everything right now. It's okay. This is the TMAG. So I was just like, digging through, like I had a pile of uh, chips from like a couple of years that I was just like, oh, finally I can get it. So this is a 3D magnetometer from TI. 
And then this is kind of cool. This was actually Anne's idea. This is a, um, and actually I have a prototype built of it so I can show it. Was, yeah, so we're getting really close. Just We have DVI, so that means we have video. We've got keyboard stuff. We've got mouse stuff. We've got joysticks. So this is a um, PC joystick Control to Stemma QT adapter. So um, this is a AT Tiny, and it's doing Seesaw, so you can get the analog inputs and button inputs and um, convert them over um, I suppose yeah. you for reading. So this is kind of cool. I, I'm going to say it was great when we first started getting Wi-Fi on microcontrollers. Yeah. Super cool, amazing. Now we finally get, like, video out. Yeah, because like video was like that was like for a microcontroller. Normally you'd like I have to use a computer. It's been around for a while. I'm just talking about like really low yeah. cost, super fast, instant video out on microcontrollers, and then be able to plug in something like a PC controller, like yeah, yeah, game yeah. controller, cool. a Raspberry Pi esque, but cool. um, shrunk down and then super low cost. Okay, what else? Okay, this is um, a redesign of our feathers. Is the one side that's the other side yeah. of the uh, feather. Uh, Featherwing TFT plus joystick. So this board just had got like the worst. Everything had to be redesigned. Um, you know that'll be funny after after we say like the chip shortage is over over. Like which board got this board got it the worst? Is it the same? No, sorry, the clue got it the worst. The clue like almost every part is. Is it still the clue if we replace everything? Is it the, you know the the phrase like if you replaced a plank on a boat? Is it the same boat? Yeah. Is it still the clue now? It's well, it's not in stock, so now. So it's still not um, And then this is a quick board I just I put together. It's a 18-bit ADC, uh, the MCP uh, 3421. I thought that could be handy. Maybe you need an 18-bit ADC. It's slow, uh, but maybe you don't care. Maybe you're like, I just need something. Oh, and then this is kind of neat. I actually have this one as a finished prototype as well. Um, so just give me a second. I'm just digging through. There's a bunch of stuff that I can see here that y'all can't see here. It's really cool. There's a lot of cool stuff Piles here. of stuff. Because it's like we wanted to do more top secret, but we're going to save it. So this is, yeah, this is the FUSB. So let's go to the overhead real fast. Okay, so this is a chip that um, is I squared C and um, can do power delivery communication with USB type C. So the idea is that you can connect this to a microcontroller and you plug in USB type C here. And it will, um, it'll default give you five volts, then you can request like up to 20 volts. And then um, you can get that higher V bus out here and you still get the data plus data minus line. So it's kind of like a USB-C hacking board. It could be interesting because um, I, I definitely, there's projects where it's like, it would be so cool if you plugged in a microcontroller board into a power delivery and you could get like 12 volts and you could run your motor. You don't need two power supplies. You don't need USB and something else. It has all in one. So this is going to be, um kind of neat this is the fusb 302. do you have any other things you want to show before we get out of top secret uh no because we're we should do some questions we're, uh, yeah we're gonna do some questions yeah okay that is this week's top secret okay we're gonna do some questions yes it was a ship of thesis but ship of thesis yeah, but you can call it the chip of Yes. The chip of thesis. Good top buttons. Came in sweet. It's good. Um, okay, let's do some questions and then um, we'll uh, we'll see what else we got. Yeah. Um, on IMPI, what's the microbus 
thing on the board was my... that's that's micro ease like plug and play it's kind of like feather wing it's like they have multiple they have like hundreds and hundreds of boards that all use the same pin out and they they don't have like arduino drivers or, or python drivers it's written in their own like csdk um but if you just want hardware that's broken out into these plug and playable boards i think they're fully assembled too okay do the 24 pin e-paper pinouts very much or are they sort of standard on signal types of power all of them that have the 24 pins have always had the same pinout and power. Some of them need more, more power because they're bigger displays, but for the most part, they're all pin compatible as well. Um, I think there was one display that Scott found that had the, it was upside down, um, but in general, if it's a 24 pin connector, it's the same 24 pin connector. Um, how do you flash around our F52840 boards? Um, well, we use the uh, SWD pins and there's pads on the bottom and then our pogo jig connects to it. And some of our boards have a SWD connector. Okay. Any plans to make a module for the USB PD that breaks out 5 volts and 3.3 volts? Those are what I use most for module. would be great. Yeah, I think that's, there's something there, right? It's um, This one gives you 3.3 volts, but it's it's an LDO just so you can like kind of get your Mac controller up and booted. Like you need something to get started. Uh, and then you could have a separate power supply. But I think um, for most people, what they would want is you, know, you get that high voltage and that's what drives your motor and you don't necessarily need that much current at 3 volts. Uh, although you can also request five volts, I think up to five amps, um, I think is possible from power delivery, but you need to have like a really good cable. All right. And then last question. Ready? Mm -hmm. How do you go about troubleshooting complex circuit board that you have no schematics? Super. What would you do? Um, I would check the power supply because that's kind of like, there's a couple things that are the most common. Um, I'd look for capacitors that are blown um tension caps short out electrolytic caps uh fail open um uh, busted traces um and you can't yeah you can do continuity you could check the power supply fuses usually it's, i mean like salt states usually it's it capacitors break and the power supply dies but not a lot of other things um fail on a, on a solid state okay 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 is it so sweet we're gonna say thank you so much don't forget the code is rp think inc which are on sale they're in stock they're in stock right now the second you can get these you can they are purchasable you can get these and then you don't get the display but we'll have the displays in the store yeah we tried to make it super easy so if you see anything that says thinking it means it can like work with our displays no, the pinout is even on the back the pinout's on the back how convenient yeah um so that's our show special thanks to jesse may behind the scenes and the adafruit slack doing stuff um thanks everyone for keeping this going and coming up with cool projects and uh, making this uh, fun to do that's important there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with electronics right now we have so much stuff coming out i know we have so much stuff coming out and what's cool is a lot of the stuff that we're working on is stuff that when someone gets it, they're going to be doing the fun, well, the more, the, uh, the other part of it, which is making cool projects with it, like the, the feather DVI thing, that's going to yeah, make cool art. You're going to be able to do cool, amazing art. We don't even know what people are going to do with this yet. That's why some of these are so exciting. I remember when we did cricket with robotics, it was like, people are going to come up with amazing robotics projects we didn't even think of. And that's, I think as a, as a creator of things for people, to make things, that's when um, I think it really it really hits hits the feels when you see someone do something that you didn't expect. So thank you everyone for for doing that and also sharing it. So we'll see everybody on show until next week. 
Um, we'll see everybody on Ask an Engineer next week. That is our show. This has been Adafruit Production. Here is Yay. your moment of Zener. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.